What up, y'all? It's your boy Kevin on stage, and I want to tell you about Black Married and Debt Free, okay? They're a couple that paid off $110,000 in debt in 2017, and now they want to educate and inspire millennial couples to do the same. So what I want y'all to do is subscribe to their page. Go on YouTube, go on Instagram, and get the following going at Black Married Debt Free. It's everywhere, all right? So if y'all don't want to be broke no more, you want to be debt free in victory. Then go follow them, Google them, look them up, and see what they're talking about because don't nobody want to be broke. You feel me? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's good, everybody? This is Marcus from Black Mary Death Free, and you are checking out our quick cast. Let's get it. What's going on, everybody? This is Marcus, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of the quick cast powered by black married and debt free this is our midweek dose of the black married and debt free podcast our main episode airs every sunday evening monday morning this is a show that i do with my wife shira murray uh she doesn't like when i say her last name but i feel like you guys already know our last names uh but anyway the cool thing about this part of the podcast or this episode of the podcast is it's just me and I get to do whatever I want. She can't tell me what to do. And I love that. You know what I mean? I usually talk about the economy, but topics on this podcast can vary from pop culture, uh, sports, or just whatever I'm feeling. And I get to talk for how long or how little I like. So welcome to the quick cast. Now our main episode is it really chronicles how we were able to pay off six figure debt and how we're currently building wealth through out of state real estate investing and the stock market. So welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Round of applause for you for pulling up to the pod. So let's talk about it. Um, A couple interesting things, a lot of interesting things going on in the U S economy, but this ran across my desk and it was very, very interesting. Before I go, though, do us a huge favor. Stop what you're doing. Please, please give us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us. This is a free this is free game that we give you guys every week, twice a week. The only thing we ask is can you please, pretty please, shoot us a five-star review on your podcast platform. It really helps us. It helps others see and hear what we're doing. So thank you in advance for that. So let's talk about it. San Francisco. San Francisco is one of the most expensive places to live in this country. It's a beautiful place. I have a, I have a, I'm going to almost say that's not spiritual, but I have a, this weird relationship with San Francisco. My mother and her sisters were born in San Francisco. I've always felt this pull 
to San Francisco. I, me and Shire live in Sacramento, which is about an hour, 45 minutes away. But I, I find myself often going to San Francisco and I feel this warm, fuzzy feeling when I'm there. You have the bay, you have the Golden Gate Bridge, you have the fog, you have the the skyline, you have the the uh, um, the attractions, the museums. It's just something about it that is beautiful, but it is extremely expensive. And this article came across my desk. It says San Francisco fire sale downtown high rise selling at a 73% discount. So we know that the game is changing, right? For real estate. And we're really going to talk about that on this episode. We're just going to highlight this, this article here because I think it's very interesting. You have one of the most expensive places to buy real estate in the country, most expensive places to live in the country, but they have a, they're even being affected by the recession and by the rising interest rates. And now a sky rise or a high rise skyscraper building is selling for 73% discount. The article goes on to say a high rise office building in San Francisco in San Francisco's financial district is reportedly being sold for a, for significantly lower than what it had been valued at just a few years ago potentially providing a signal for the city's office market, commercial real estate. The San Francisco Business Times first reported last week that the unnamed sources said 350 California Street high rise is being purchased for a per square foot price that equates to the value in $60 million. So $60 million for this for this massive building in downtown San Francisco and it was originally valued at approximately 250 million dollars. So an investor from South Korea is reportedly also involved uh on the buyer side. Let's figure out why this is because according to a lot of uh folks that we're not in a recession, right? Right. A lot of people that was responding to me in the comments section of of YouTube some months ago were telling me this isn't a recession. So let's just talk about this. So Daniel says the buyer was going to have to put a lot of capital into the property to get it to the point where it can be leased again. But it is in the North Financial District of California streets. Great address. Great street to be on. The real deal which also covered the sale reported 350 California street vacancy rate was around 75%. So what's been happening with these high rise buildings in San Francisco is with the work from home situation that happened during the pandemic, a lot of these buildings are empty, right? And there's not a huge market for leasing skyscrapers anymore. If you remember in the eighties and nineties and early two thousands, those buildings were full downtown streets and most large metropolitan areas were extremely full of state workers, city workers. And in cities like San Francisco, you had tech industry folks and private uh, companies had thousands of employees in these buildings. Well, when COVID hit, a lot of those employees went home. The companies found a way to be able to work remote. 
and the rise of remote work has really left these buildings empty, man. Um, I work in a building uh, that is like, I'd say 20 to 30% occupied right now. Like I've been in there, we work from remote, but I've been in there and many times I'm the only one in the entire building. And so this is becoming more and more of a thing. And because of that, the owners of these buildings need to sell at a discount. And if you paid attention to a, a quick cast I did a few months ago, I talked about how there is a there is going to be a commercial real estate crisis similar to the 09 um, single family home crisis. A lot of these owners of these skyscraper buildings are uh, they're going to have to their their rates going to change right and their rate is going to uh, rise significantly which is going to force a lot of these folks to have to either sell at a discount eat the cost or walk away from the house and for or from the building and foreclose and which is going to leave a lot of banks on the hook for this so that's coming that's coming a lot of they said most of the buildings in the united states uh or that that cycle is going to come around within the next two years so definitely want to keep an eye on that but this is just a forecast of that the fact that you can get a 250 million dollar building for 63 million dollars or 60 what does it say anywhere from 60 to 67 million that is an extreme discount and i i think it's a forecast for the discounts that we're going to see on homes as well it just so happens to be hitting the commercial real estate market first so let's talk about this next thing which is still dealing with real estate. This article says Americans have had a sudden change of heart about buying a house and only one in five think it's a good idea. Now, Shire and I have chronicled various articles talking about how ownership is going to become decreasingly um you're going to see less people owning things in general, cars. You're going to see more people doing ride share uh, when it comes to even software. I'm in the, um, in the music production space and a lot of the software companies are no longer selling you the software for two, three, four hundred dollars and then you own it. They're now selling monthly subscriptions. Right. So you'll never even own the product, the software that you use to create music. Uh, same with homes. You're seeing an increase in rent renters just saying, I'm just going to go ahead and rent because I don't have to come up with this large down payment. And, you know, me and Shire stance on that already. We think that ownership is key, you know, because whoever you're renting from. Owns. And so you're helping to not only pay their expenses, but you're also putting money in their pocket. And, and as long as you're cool with that, to each his own. But let's talk about this article here. It says high interest rates and soaring prices are killing Americans' faith in the U.S. home market. Just 21% of U.S. adults say 
Now is a good time to buy a house, according to a new poll from Gallup. That's the lowest home buyer sentiment has ever been in data going back to 1978 when the organization first asked Americans this question. It's also the second year in a row that sentiment has hit a new low. Last year, just 30% of home buyers thought the housing market was good for buyers. So we know that 2021, 2022, the housing market was extremely ballooned. And that was because interest rates were so low that everybody was going out trying to buy. And if I know everybody's going out trying to buy, I'm going to try to get as much as I can for what I'm selling. Right. Well, that has been changing because of the Fed over the past year and a half. They've been really dialing up the interest rates. And so we're seeing some change there, but it's very um, small change. And so the sentiment across the board is is that, yo, this is not a great time to buy. Now, this is one thing I will say is that as high as you feel prices are right now for homes, if that's your single family home, if that's an investment property, whatever type of house we're talking about here, as high as you think it is right now, if you come back two years from today, I'm willing to bet you it's going to be higher. When we bought our primary residence that I'm sitting in right now recording this podcast, recording this podcast, it was at the top of our it was at the top of our budget. We literally were like, I can't believe we're doing this. We're buying a house for this much. Now, we put significantly more down on the home to lower our monthly payment. And still, we were like, I can't believe we're doing this. Wow, this is insane. The housing prices can, can't get any higher than this, right? That was in 2019. Well, now it's 2023. And our house is worth $200 thousand dollars more than we paid for it just in four years so what does that tell you if we were trying to buy this house today we would be paying two hundred thousand dollars more and so what would we think then so i understand that this may not seem like an ideal time to buy me and shire have paused buying and as far as um, investment properties are concerned because we the interest and in, you know it's just not a great time to to really uh, yield a return for us. But with that said, we are aware that the longer you wait, the more you're going to have to battle the price increases because naturally everything increases in price over time and homes over the 100 year history of the housing market in the United States, it's gone up. It's gone up. So you want to keep that in mind, but I definitely think this is extremely interesting because, and it, and, it, and, it, and it could be some opportunity in this for you. If you're trying to buy a home or if you're trying to buy an investment property, because the overwhelming majority, it says here, I'm going to read this uh, stat here in a second. The overwhelming majority of younger folks don't see, they haven't caught on to the benefit of home ownership. And that may be an opportunity for you 
to become an owner and to rent out to these folks that really have no problem rent, uh, paying rent instead of owning the home. So it says, it says here that almost a quarter of Gen Z and 18% of millennials says they will postpone buying or building a home due to uh, economic uncertainty compared to 12% of Americans um, according to the Northwestern Mutual 2023 Planning and Progress Study. Gallup notes that the pessimism uh, permeating the market may keep first-time home buyers on the sideline. So that kind of fortifies my thought on the opportunity to come while others are a bit a bit more um, uncertain and unwilling to get into the market. The famous quote that everybody throws around, but I think it's it's pertinent here from Bill Gates. Was it Bill Gates? Let me see who who said this. Uh, might have been Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett it says, "Be you know to be uh, to be greedy when others are scared or whatever, what have you, and to be or to, when others are cautious and be cautious when others are, are greedy." So this is a moment where folks are cautious, and it may be a good chance for you to say, "You know, you know, what, what am I, what, what are my coins looking like right now? Can I do this? Is this a, is this the time for me?" So I think it's something to consider because there are always deals to be had no matter what the market is looking like. You just have to be able to find said deal and you may end up like this brother here uh, in South Korea or this this company in South Korea that's buying a skyscraper for 73 percent discount. You just never know. Well, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the quick cast if you did, like I said on the front end, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us more than you know, and we love to hear from you. We love your comments. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We appreciate y'all, and I'm going to holler at you on the next one. We out.